So what made you uh, pick this god-awful sport, Melissa? Can I talk you out of it in any way, shape, or form? Out of fishing? Yeah. Heck no. You don't mind if I smoke a cigar, do you? Not at all. In honor of Bert. <laughs> so how far do you think that uh, Ashley is into that wine bottle before she starts listening to John Graves' kayak fishing podcast? Well, I think they went out for drinks and appetizers. She's probably haven't touched it yet. She's just now corked the bottle. Right. Big shout out to Strictly Sail and Kayak. Located on Blue Ash, located in Blue Ash on Kenwood Road. They've been there in 19, since 1978. You, you I, I dare not to ask a, a fair lady her age. I've been here since 1973. Okay, so you were five years old. Yeah. Five yep. years old when Strictly Sail hit Blue Ash. My family bought a windsurfer from Brian's dad, Steve, when I was 12 years old. Yeah, it was his his old windsurfer, like about 100 pounds, big giant hunk of plastic. And uh, yeah, we bought that and got into got into windsurfing thanks to Strictly Sail You've way been back. A long time. Yep. So that was 1980. No. Well, 1980s, late 80s or something. I've got an eighth grade Amelia education. <laughs> Where'd you go to school at? Indian Hill. Indian. Ooh, bougie. Yeah. Uh, I'm bougie. from Kenwood, the, 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 low, low, the low rent part lower of Lower Indian Hill. Hill. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm familiar with Indian Hill. That's for sure. That's where Baby Doll, she's bears from the Indian Hills there. But, uh, yeah, you kind of live in paradise here. It is beautiful. Welcome to the Rock and Star Ranch. This is, this is it. This is what you're hearing. All the sound effects are true. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the videos. It is I'm, paradise. I'm honored to get an invite. Thanks. I, thank you for being here. And yeah. we are recording, by the way. So good job on queuing in on that. I like to get it running. <laughs> right, right. Out right. Of the, you know. I have a feeling you're like that, too. i got a lot of things to ask you. Oh, yeah? I've got a boatload to ask you. Oh, great. I do. So, and this is, is this your first podcast? Yes. I'm going to do everything I can to make <laughs> you just, I'm just nervous as hell. <laughs> I have a feeling you're hard to shake, though. You know, the first time I do things, I'm really a big chicken. I'm, I'm, I freak myself out. I have terrible anxiety. I get really nervous, overthink everything, overanalyze everything. But once I do it, the second time I do something, I like to think I'm a little bit of a badass. Yeah. I, it's just that first right. time I, I have a hard time, you know, with that. But, but I love new stuff, you yeah. know, so I want to do new stuff. And, you know, I, I keep thinking the more I push myself into doing something new, the better I'll get now. Yeah. The first time is always just a huge wreck for me. <laughs> but I get through it, and yeah. then I love it forever. Yeah. So. Has there been anything that you've tried that you went no after the first time? Like, no way I'll never do that again that's just not in my DNA I'm sure there has been but it's not probably that stuff that was just a blip and right. moved on like I'm I'm terrified of heights I have I kind of have vertigo I get that real dizzy spin so I took up uh, first rappelling with a group down at Red River Gorge and okay. then I took up indoor rock climbing yeah just trying to that. confront the fear of heights and right. uh, it, it didn't work but uh, rock climbing was fun, right. but you know, never, you know, you get to a point where you have to start buying the gear and everything, yeah, you know, yeah, and, sure. and I, at that point I just decided to move on to my next adventure. Right. Which was what? Oh, I don't even know at that point. Just, it, it was probably, it was probably around the time I got into foosball. Okay. There's something I want to ask you about. Yeah. Okay. Cause I know a lot of people are like, 
Now, what's this that goes on with Melissa? So, to get everybody caught up, I'm here with Melissa Keg. I like to call her the Annie Oakley of kayak bass fishing. Just kind of came out of nowhere, you know? <laughs> I mean, you just, but I knew the moment that I saw you, and I think I'm very, I can predict it. You know, I think if you look back on the history, mm -hmm. when I call it, it happens. And I saw you, and I went, I think that girl right there is going to take this sport and just do something really magnificent with it. I had no idea what. I mean, <laughs> it was, and, and, I, and I go off of confidence. Yeah. I go off on the, what you are doing to get there to the dock. <laughs> you know, you weren't making it easy on yourself. Oh, that's right. We talked at uh, Rocky Fork. Yeah, you were showing up in, in a sit-in kayak yep. that was tossed onto the top of your Honda. Yeah, Old Town Loon, uh, 106 Angler. Not the lightest thing in the world. And 54 not, pounds. Right, and that's yep. got a little weight to it, especially when you're trying to throw it up on a, a smaller sedan. Yep. Right, and you had that damn thing packed to the gills <laughs> with gear. So when I see that, it goes it to me it means a lot more than you know like myself i i'm i got a trailer which is nice and then you get you see you know guys like mike grimsley out there who got amazing homemade trailers mm. lights kurt smith's got one that does all kinds of fabulous things skidmore's like, fancy trailer i mean yeah. look at those things and you see those and yet they're impressive but what really catches my eyes, the person that shows up like you did that first time. I'm like, well, you got to okay. start somewhere. And, and you started. Yeah. It's like, man. So you, you did really well almost immediately. I mean, you. I wouldn't say that. Well, well enough to, where people started to pay attention. And I, I wouldn't did say anyway. that. <laughs> you, well, you'd be surprised what people yeah. pay attention, especially in our small demographic that we have here is southwestern right. northern Kentucky kind of. Just at the last camping trip, uh, one, of the, one of the guys that doesn't normally camp with us sat down at our picnic table and turned to me and said, where did you come from? Right, right, <laughs> He's all, you just appeared right. and you just stayed. Right. Like, yeah, you yeah, can't get rid of me that, now. That happens, see, I know, that's what people are thinking. Um, but before we get into the bass fishing, mm -hmm. okay, before we get into all the fun stuff, I wanna dig deep and I wanna find out the, the, how, what, what gets a person into foosball? Foosball. Um, I don't how, know. How do you pronounce it first foosball. of all? Foosball. Foosball. How yeah. do you spell that? F-O-O-S-B-A-L-L. -L. Okay. Over in Europe, it's table soccer. Okay. So was it like at a skating rink or something? You just started throwing it down or in a basement? No, I started later in life. I, I never did the skating rink thing. Um, I, I had, uh, when I was younger, we had a really crappy table. Um, we had a little real crappy foosball table and a ping pong and my sister liked ping pong so I had to pick foosball right. but just played a little bit and then I was bartending and I happened to be bartending at the bar that hosted leagues and okay. they needed a sub one day so I started playing it turns out that good eye-hand coordination is really all you need and uh, never stopped for 14 years that's and you went like pretty far with it too didn't you I mean I did. not like your normal just like bar league in the no, I followed Fairmont the Pro County. Tour for, for the right. 14 years, yeah. <laughs> what's that? What's that? That just, I, <laughs> a lot of people find it fascinating, fascinating that I was a rabbit breeder. But, you know, <laughs> well, so, that is. <laughs> but, but, but it's like traveling, you travel the world playing that? 
I only left the country once. Right. Uh, I, in 2008, I won the U.S. Open women's doubles, and that put me on the World Cup team for the U.S. And uh, I went over to France. They paid for me to fly to France to play. And uh, so that was the only time it took me out of the country, but that was really cool. Is there like pressure in that game? There's a lot of pressure, and I wasn't really good at it because in foosball, you're like right across the table from someone, and they're often your really good friend. And by beating them, you're hurting your friend. And so I had real issues with that. And I, I did better in doubles because you have a partner and you know you're hurting your friend across the table, but you're obligated to help your partner more than you're supposed to care about their feelings. Right. But I, I ended up kind of being a choker in the finals. Okay. I just got to the point where, you know, I, I made the pro status and, you know, I didn't have that many events and my entry fees were really high and my partners were expecting, you know, a, a high performance level. and. It, it, it had changed, you know, it had changed from when we used to drink and hit the ball around. And, and I, right. I just, I, I didn't, I didn't do well at it. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't living up to the level that I felt I should be. Well, that's a, do you feel that pressure comes from yourself? Oh, definitely. Definitely where yeah. a big part of that pressure comes from? Yeah, of course. Now, was it, were you choking because your friends were like, was that, was making you choke there or just was it closing the deal? I have a hard time selling dinettes and furniture. <laughs> you know, I, I suck at uh, sales yeah. unless I truly believe in it. Right. You know, and believing in ourselves has everything to do with that final putting a slam on it, you know? Yeah. What do you think? Maybe some of that? Was... I don't know. I, I, I think maybe it's just not in my DNA that I want to be three feet from a friend and say, I'm going to stomp you under the ground and break your hopes and dreams and take this title from you. I just, you know, I just, maybe that's not, that's not who I am. Well, thank God we fish out a 14 foot kayak. Right? And I was really afraid when I started fishing that, that, that pressure mentality would follow me. But so far, I find that I take great pleasure in beating people I know because, you know, I'm, I'm a little farther away from them. And it just, you know, because it's not you against me when we right, fish. You right. know, I'm not taking you down directly that's by right. my actions. That's we right. are both against the fish. And it's a contest to see who gets lucky, you know, and wins against the fish. That's a, that's a great way to look at that, you know. And coming from a foosball champion, national foosball champion, to I mean that's a really unexpected way to look at that too. Well, I've been I've been relieved to find out that so far it hasn't. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. Like you know, if I get to a higher level and I get in the big pressure situations, you know, we'll see if that that issue of you know folding under pressure comes back. Right. But at this point, <laughs> I'm just having so much fun with it. Just pray that you're best friends with Melissa when that time <laughs> comes and you're up there in first and second. No, because I'd say away. Bert's my best fishing friend. Yes. You know, I've known him the longest, a whopping two years or so. Right. The and, dynamic And, and I would be happy to, to whoop Bert's butt in fishing anytime. How's Bert take that? I don't know. How's he take I don't that? know. He does message me sometimes and say, well, I did finish above you, so that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the competition. Oh. I mean, I'm a competitive person. There was right. just something about that foosball situation where, and it wasn't as bad in the men's events. When I played in the men's events, I did better. But when you're playing like a, a girl, you know, and in foosball, there's a ton of divisions. There's women's divisions, men's division, and then each division's broken down into beginner, rookie, amateur, expert, pro wow. and open 
because everyone needs an equal chance to win a trophy, right. you know, right. <laughs> which just drove me crazy because right. someone could be in 21 events on a weekend, right. you know, and then the conflicts with all the matches and blah, blah, blah. Now, when you say play like a girl, what's that mean? I mean, is there a different kind of way a, a female plays than a male plays foosball or is it just the attitude walking up to the... I mean, there's definitely a physical difference in foosball that isn't there in fishing. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in fishing that a man's stronger or faster. But you know, just physiologically, a, a man is going to usually have more power and, and speed in their muscles in foosball. And it's wrist action, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of finesse in that. I mean, I can never get that down. I mean, the guys that always played against. Yeah, you know. there's some there's some young women coming up right now that are like second generation players that are winning the men's events on tour, which is really exciting to see. Wow, grew up underneath mom or mom and dad. Mom yeah, and dad. yeah. Actually, isn't that amazing? This whole demographic. Yeah, but you know? they're training. You know, which just I got to a point where that was not something I was willing to do. You know, put in the hours. You have to do ball control drills. You know, you sit there and you dribble the ball for hours. Oh yeah. You gotta look at uh, well. You gotta look at the ball. It's not like you can just catch an yep. episode of Oprah or yep. anything. Weaving, like that. weaving the ball through the men no on, on, the, on the passing. Yeah, you have to learn to pass. You have to catch it. You have to be able to do it under pressure. And that's just in moving the ball around the table. Then you have to do the shooting, <laughs> shooting from your offense, shooting from your defense, and then you have to study defense. So there, there's wow. a lot to study and practice. What's your pro jerseys look like? We didn't have pro jerseys. You didn't have like a bunch of like no. swag and just no. cool looking stuff when you stepped off the airplane. Uh, we did have uniforms for right. the for the World Cup. Right. Yeah. We had like little red, white, and blue, nice. you know, jackets and stuff. Because <laughs> <Nice. laughs> so. you know, sometimes as you know, I think uniforms are important. Outfits right. are important. Um, in in Europe, table soccer, which is what it's called there, is huge. It's very much a sport. It's very much an organized activity. And that World Cup was eye-opening because it was in a huge wow. sporting arena. Massive. And there were billboards around the town. It was in Nantes, France. So, I mean, there were billboards, like the pictures were on the buses. And wow. They take it so seriously over there. That had to make you feel like a rock star. It was crazy. Except it, it was a single elimination tournament, and I lost my first match. Just slammed out by a, a <laughs> the, French du woman? the Dutch champions. Oh well. Yeah, in, in that you play because there's five different tables that are recognized by the International Federation. Uh, each country kind of has their own home table, and so we had to play. You play one match on your home table and one match on their home table, and some of those tables are are crazy different from ours. Really? In what way? Size or so how they look? They're, they're trying just... to unify them a little bit now, but like the uh, the French table mm -hmm. is uh, the the surface wasn't actually flat, and the ball it was like a soft rubber. Yeah. So when the, when the man hit the ball, it put a dent in it. So then the ball wasn't round anymore. So you have a non-flat surface with a non-round ball. Oh, okay. You know, and in the U.S., our style of play is we put the ball next to the man. And control it that way dribbling with the side of your foot and passing that way and in europe they have to pin the ball with the man because as soon as you lift the man the ball wobbles away okay so it's it was it so was they're like, putting a crease in the ball by putting some pressure on it like that yeah, it just yeah. kind of hinders the, 
Isn't there a guy that sits around and said, hey, we need a new ball or anything? Well, like no, that? because they love it. They love that that softer rubber grippy because they can pin it better. And, and they're amazing in their skills and like pinning it and walking around and moving it. And right. you just can't even see all you hear is ba -ba 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 bam. Wow. <laughs> like, where'd the ball go? Wow. So they, they're, they're trying to, the ultimate goal was to make foosball uh, a recognized Olympic sport in the countries right. because in Europe that would matter. They'd start getting funding, government funding. Yeah. And uh, to do that, they have to unify it a little bit. So the U.S. has to bend a little bit, and you know the European countries, the you know international countries, they have to bend a little bit. So they're trying to make their balls harder, the table's a little more flat. Oh boy! Right? No <laughs> one wants to give up their style, though. Right. Well, that's how they were. Europeans were really tight with cycling up until, you know, Greg LeMond mm -hmm. showed up at the last time trial the Tour de France and he was like eight minutes behind the leader who was just clinched to win this thing and he came from behind and blew the guy away just because he had that you know bolt on arrow pro bar that the Europeans just thought was horrible well what are they doing to our yeah. bikes you know by making them look like these things you know but Americans are good at that though and he beat them all he crushed he oh, that's, that's that was so cool. he absolutely it's one of the most fantastic Greg LeMond stories of the Tour de France. He's probably one of the greatest Tour de France. But it's that type of thing where they just are so unwilling to give up their tradition of how bikes are made and what they're supposed to look like. And, you know, and then immediately after he put that just simple bolt on Aero Pro bar, mm -hmm. it changed everything from then on, you know, but interesting. And you, so you did that for like 14 years? Yep. And then you just said, I can't do it. Did you have a Forrest Gump moment? Just like said, you know, I'm ready to find something else. Yeah, it got to the point where I had a commitment to a partner, an amazing, wonderful partner. And uh, I got to the point where going to the tournaments kind of, you know, just made me miserable. And, you know, I kept doing it because she and I won a, a major together and we wanted to keep going with it. But I, I just hit a point where I said, I have to, I have to set you free to go find, a, you know, a partner that's going to continue this with you right. because I just, I just couldn't. Well, that was good of you. I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like quitting things, right. you know, but I, I feel like it had just kind of run its course. Right. And we all joke that you, know, you always come back to foosball. And so I hope after, a, you know, a nice long break, I'll be able to find the fun in it again yeah. because it, it is fun. And anyone that's listening to this if I challenge you to a money match I've never played before right. and uh, yeah you should yeah play the girl girls can't do stuff that yeah just come in like Annie right. Oakley yeah. just start shooting targets <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute wait a minute I don't know man I think I'm on to something this, <laughs> this girl's like I'm I beat her a couple times now I'm going big I'm gonna right, lay it out right. all the cash what was that Ooh, that was a big fish yeah we got some big fish here we have, uh, that may have been, well, I, I hope that we have some big, you know, four or five pound females in here. I think we do. But I do know we have two grass carps that are about four and a half, five foot long, massive fish. Yeah. And if you're walking across the bank, they move, they look like alligators laying in the water and then they just splash like that scares the <laughs> hell out of you. Okay, so I'm going to fast forward to where we are today. Yeah. And um, I know you got a couple things that you want to announce and talk about. Um, but you are standing right now. Let's talk about stats, okay? Right now you're at 
in the angler of the year. You're below 10. You're in the top 10 right now. And for oh. the Cincinnati kayak fishing? Yeah. I have no idea. Right. See, and, that, and that's what I love about you. <laughs> like even i'm looking at you're like i don't care you know, i like, mean I, it's not that i don't care right it, it'll be what it is right. whether or not i look at it right you know i'm, I'm not going to fish any differently right and i i, I really don't want right. to obsess or stress about it right so i, I did that but, for a minute someone sent me the buckeye kayak fishing trail yeah. and said that i was within the top 20 i'm like i don't know 19 or something right. and they said they take the top 20 for the classic and they're like yeah. you better do well because you're going to get knocked out yeah and i'm uh, all yeah uh, never never talk to me again about right. these things <laughs> right. so now you're going to do good so what do we got left flowing rivers yeah for Waters, Cincinnati. right we're going to do that do you have an idea where you're going to go I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one because the Buckeye Kayak Trail has their buttload of bass the day before. That's next weekend. And so Bert and I are going to go up and fish on East Harbor up right. on Lake Erie. We have a campground up there. Nice. And uh, the tournament goes from 6.30 until 8.30 p.m. on Saturday. Yeah. And then the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing Flowing River starts at 6 a.m. the next morning. And there's a four-hour drive in there somewhere. So. so you have both the drive and the organization now. And I'm dragging Bert along with me. No. Well, you like East West Harbor, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you did, you were up there, what, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, this will be right. my fifth time up there. Wow, already. I feel like a regular. Right, and you're catching fish up there. I did. I, I don't know if it's going to keep going. Right, but it all I, changes yeah. every day. You know, I did the so. last time I was up there. Right. Do you feel yourself, Can you, do you think that you can adapt really well? I mean, that's one of the key things that, you know, of the sport is the ability to adapt. You I think, think I'm that, learning to. I'm pretty stubborn. I'm pretty, I, I like to stick with what I know, what I'm good with, you know, good at. And I've always fished to, to just what's fun. And so what I'm trying to change in my head is uh, for a while I tried to do what I thought I should do last year. And that wasn't fun at all, you know? And so now I'm trying to find that happy medium right. between what I, what I think is fun, what I think I should do, and then what I actually end up doing. What'd you do last year? What was it that you didn't like? I, I, I was, you know, I, w I was reading books and reading articles and trying to um, imitate people, I guess, you know, trying to say, okay, well, the article said that in these conditions, I should be doing this, okay. or, you know, you should stay here and do this, or you should move here and do this, you should look for this. And it, it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me because what got me to this point, I mean, not that I'm really anywhere, but you know, what has, what has kept me fishing is going with my instincts you know and so I need to find a way to mix in my experience that I'm finally starting to gain with my instincts and then hopefully that'll lead to more success right that's a draw that's a big hurdle for a lot of people it's easy to say that we can go out and catch fish you well know, you're kind of like me to... you know we love crankbaits we love moving baits I love moving baits and power fishing yeah like described so you feel finesse fishing you need to start working on that technique some more well, I mean, the the KBF Buckeye Kayak East Harbor thing two weekends ago kind of sums it up. So Saturday, I started off with chatterbaits and got four fish right away on chatterbaits. A little lull, another two fish. Thought I did awesome, but I ended up 41st out of like 104. Right. You know, which to me, that's great. Middle yeah. of the field, you're not right. last. You caught, I caught five fish and an upgrade fish. Yeah. You know, yeah. huge success, right? Yes. Well, huge. the next day... When the chatterbait bite slowed down, I switched to finesse. I finished 15th. So that's the that's uh -huh. the giving up on the stubbornness right. and so that and was your doing 
Bomit. Yep. Nice. Yep. Switch to a Texas rig worm and just let that thing sit. Yeah. You know, and first cast. First Ooh. cast, but yeah. Doesn't that just change it, your attitude? It's in my video. I, I, I got the fish. I'm like, yes. I can't believe I freaking caught a fish <laughs> on this worm. I can't believe it worked. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. Was that on your spin casting set up there? Yeah. Yeah. On this one right here that you're using? Um, it wasn't this exact one, but yeah. You my like spinning that reels. Bass? Oh, I do. Yeah. For the money. Right. Yeah. All my rods are St. Croix. I, I do have one G Loomis. Right. But I'm a big fan of uh, St. Croix. Right. I have the Avidex and I have the Mojo Bass. Yeah. I mean, the Mojo, Mojo Bass rods are like 199 Yeah. And they are phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Get some never lost leashes for those. <laughs> Knock on wood. Oh so gosh. so far, I've knocked the rod in the water about three different times and caught it. Yeah. So. I, I can't. Would you dive in some deep muddy water for some stuff? I can't. It, it would terrify me. I have an unreasonable fear of the lake monster. Yeah. But uh, I think if people were around, you know, maybe. <laughs> if I'm not back in four minutes. <laughs> right. Or if someone else got in with me, you know, like, like I, I told you, if you, if you wanted help going and finding your lo right. lost gear, you know, if we got in there together, right. we could do it together. I think if we had Michael Grimsley pinpoint it down mm -hmm. with his electronics and I could, I mean, I would certainly... Yeah, I'd go feel in, much I'd more go in comfortable there with if you. somebody was there. Yeah, we you know? we both think we are going to get eaten by the giant I mean, it's 11 monster, feet but... deep, which isn't nothing at all. But, right. man, to me, it might as well be 1,100. Yeah. I'm like going to the abyss, you know. To me, it's just... It we could do it, though. We could do it together. Right. Um, so, you got... Um, man, so you have, like... You've really done good with your social media stuff, too. And I knew you would, because you got a you got a really, like I don't know, for lack of a better term, you have a really peppy attitude. <laughs> you know, peppy's not kind of a, a, a term. I, I I'm showing my age there, but you you certainly got some fire, you know, and you could see that, and you got a lot of energy for it. I try to stay um, positive. And then, well, you 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 do. That's always the best. You get the best return. Yeah. By staying positive. Doesn't do any good to dwell on negative. It doesn't. There's no. no, it doesn't at all. So you had a uh you put out a video of the links. Yeah. You like that? You well like you had one? the links first. Yeah, well, you know Brian I loves did, you more. You got I, it first. I love that <laughs> that was an amazing one of them probably I'd have to say it I really have to say it's it's the most amazing kayak I've ever ridden on in my life. It really is. I love my Hobie Pro Angler fourteen. Uh, but it's, it, I'll tell you what, the moment I got on that thing, it had me reconsidering if I even needed it. Yeah. The Hobie Pro Angler 14. But after sobering up, <laughs> you know, uh, but what an, an amazing kayak to have one as your primary kayak, but one, if you were that quote, semi pro or pro fisherman that was really active in the, the tournaments to have that thing as a like a little sidearm right. just to toss off into some creek you could never get anything else in yeah well we'll see this uh next weekend will be the first time i've had it on a river and a lot of people you know ask me how would it do as a river boat right. so i'll finally be able to answer that question firsthand you're gonna like it you're gonna like it we'll see what well, navigates great oh so good it skims right across the flowing water 
yeah. unlike the deeper, like the Hobie Pro Angler 14, anything deep with a deep haul like that, or a keel that's coming down the middle of it, and that water just catches it, moves it really fast, where the, the links will just skim right across that. And if you keep those kick-up fins, if you feather those things up close to the haul, mm -hmm. literally you can move that thing in just inches of water up some pretty uh, amazing you and know, it paddles really, really well too. Super. Up on East Harbor, there's a there's like kind of a backwater part that goes way back with lily pads, and you know I, I love a little frog fishing. So not good at it, but I love it. So I take every opportunity to go practice. So I pulled that drive and I paddled that link right. way back into that frog fishing field. I figured, you know, I threw the finesse worm so i deserved the treat right. of going back to frogfish right. as a reward so i took like a two-hour break and i went back to play with the frogfish didn't get any frog well i didn't get any fish i, I did get i get a frog right so you got another frog I got a frog yeah they, they're yeah, mean they are mean. territorial things you know yeah. but it paddled great i mean it, it moved great under paddle i didn't know how it would do there's not but. many kayaks that could get back into stuff like that too you know i mean no, you start getting uh, your paddle or your you know your pedal drives all tied up with stuff and then you you know you get a mirage drive even going to have difficulty back there too yeah. but something Those like that those people with lens. the propeller drive i don't think that they uh, would have been able to no, do that oh i had a wilderness system mm. 135 is my first kayak i love it i just but it was limited you get that thing around grass yeah you're stopped it was just rough <laughs> pulling out big things of grass so uh what do you got on well you got the inflatable now right no not no, yet no 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 that's upcoming the john graves kayak fishing and, and my girl gone fishing channel our yeah. collaboration I'm... yeah strictly sale has asked that we do the video where we compare the uh, hobie links with the i9 so we're, we're going to try to find a time to get the two out together. Oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. It'll be like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Right. I'd really like to get Bert there with his pro angler, you know, as a counterpoint to the two so people can really see, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, every video needs a little Bert. Come on. Every, everything I love needs me some Bert. Bert. I love me some Bert. That needs to be on a sticker. <laughs> I love me some Bert. So uh, you got news about Strictly Sale? Yeah, right? yeah. What's that I, all about? Well, I was. Uh, I'm. I'm very thankful and very grateful to have been voted on the Strictly Sale and Kayak Fishing Team. Wow. So yeah, at at first, and the the, <laughs> the funny part was, so so Burp told me first, and he said, "I've gotten permission to to talk to you before you get the official word." Yeah. And I said, "Well, okay, what?" And he says, "Well, I'm afraid you're going to say something stupid." when I tell you right, and I'm like, right, like, like right. what? He's like, 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 no. And so he says, you know, okay. well, we voted you on this team. And I said, what did I do to deserve it? And he said, see, I told you you were going to say something stupid. I'm like, well, I don't think that's stupid at all. I right. haven't won tournaments. I haven't, right. I have, I have no top threes. I, right. I have no top tens at that point. Right. So, you know, why, why do I deserve to be sponsored by Strictly Sale above you know all the hard-working people who have better results than I do right. and and I definitely don't want to get somewhere because I'm a woman right. you know I fought against that my whole life you right. know I do not want special treatment for being a girl that's what I love about fishing there's one field doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter if you're new girl boy whatever you just fish against each other right. you know so Bert explained that they love my videos yeah. and I said oh well 
I work really hard on those. So, <laughs> all right, that's acceptable. If right. you love my videos, then all right, that's a good reason. Right. Yeah, so. you do really well with that. And man, you're such a there's such a I think a demographic that's available out there for you. And, and that's the downside. I mean, if if, if there is a downside, see, Strictly Sales is going to let me keep the links. So that's nice. that's my sponsorship. Yeah. Is that yeah, Brian yeah. has officially told me I get to keep the links yeah. for the season. Yes. And uh, couldn't couldn't be more thankful because it's made a huge change in my fishing. Absolutely. But for the two years that I've been doing tournaments, I've been doing it in my paddle kayak, my yeah. Old Town Loon Angler 106, and no electronics. And the the people that want to start kayak fishing but are intimidated. You know, it's it's scary. These things are five thousand dollar kayaks. Yeah. They put three thousand dollar in electronics on them. And how are you supposed to compete? And so, you know, I took it as I'm not supposed to compete, so there's no pressure. I can go out there and I can just try to catch a fish right. because no one expects anything from me. I'm in this little dinky paddle kayak with no electronics <laughs> and they're like, wow, you caught a fish. <laughs> so I was kind of on a sliding scale of success and I loved it. And, and it turns out that there's a, there's a whole, like you said, a whole demographic out there who also loved watching, you know, someone and, and I made huge mistakes and yeah. I dropped stuff and I lost fish and, and, and I just let, I let the people see all that yeah you know and right. and i feel almost in a way that i'm betraying the people that started with me with the channel by going to the the hobie with the pedal kayak and, and the and the fish finder thanks to sean skidmore for right. kicking me down his fish finder nice. i know right but i i feel like i'm i don't want to lose that quality of accessibility you know to the people because i want more people to be able to not be intimidated and start right. in their first one and and maybe they're like me maybe once they do their first one they'll realize that it's awesome and it's so much fun right. you know and it's not right. it's not scary or intimidating right. no one's judging you no one's going to point and laugh when you drop that fish <laughs> right I, well i think that i'm certain that's what strictly sales saw on season yeah you yeah know, that aura that energy and yeah that yeah but how do i you know how do i keep you know, uh, uh, connecting with those new people. Boom. Keep putting it out there. Yeah. Put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. In today's day and age, I mean, talking about social media and stuff like that, we're just 15 and 30 second entertainers, you know, and that's what people are really, they like that stuff. Now, for me, I think for guys in general, we'll talk about male and female, um, where you will you do have just that advantage you're you're attractive you got great energy uh you know how to fish you're articulate uh you have fun uh you have an inspiring attitude uh, that would be easily to follow and very infectious in a way i mean you cannot help not to notice you no, thank right you. it's almost like you have your own rhinestone outfit on <laughs> You know, and it's just, um, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't and, know about that. And you just, you just can't help but to pay attention. But I'll look into that. Somebody. I'll look into getting the rhinestone outfit. You know how cool you would look in a rhinestone Yeah. Outfit? Does anyone make a UPF 50 uh, rhinestone outfit? Absolutely. Manuel, Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. He'll make one, you know. Um, well, they do say you can't wear a Manuel suit. The Manuel suit wears you. Oh, yeah. But, uh, 
but you you would look really good in a rhinestone, maybe an Annie Oakley kind of theme. Annie with Oakley fringe? with like a yeah, yeah absolutely fringe. <laughs> fringe. You got a fringe rhinestones, and I can see Annie holding like a uh, like a big rod and reel, getting rinsed out of a you know holding it up on her shoulder like she did that <laughs> rifle. You know, I'll have to work on that. But no, uh, all joking aside, um, your energy's infectious. Okay, so if I was a producer of sort. I would certainly put you in front of film. I would put you in front of video. I would, um, I don't think you'd feel comfortable in bikinis. God, no. Right, <laughs> right. And I'm just going with your attitude. Definitely right? not. Right? No. You're not, but you are the type that would put on one of those full body, let's go swim with a shark, dress ourselves up as much as we possibly can to like a seal. Outfits. Like a wetsuit? Like, yeah, right? Yeah. Dude, that's your type of attitude, isn't it? If you were going to go into the ocean, you were going to go deep, right? You're just not going to sit there and hold fish for pictures. That's oh, yeah. I mean. Right? No, you're yeah. going in the shark cage. Maybe. That's kind of, really? Yeah. You know you would. <laughs> you know, if you got on the back of the boat and somebody hooked up. I'd have to research it first. <laughs> <laughs> I like to research. Do you? Do you think yeah. that's important to the, the uh, you're doing a lot of research for your tournaments now? I'm learning how to research for tournaments. What's the first thing you look up? Uh, the My Navionics app on my phone. You like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what saved me over the years when I didn't have any electronics on my boat. Right. Yeah, you can download the Navionics on your phone right. and it will track your path so you can find your car again, which is number one because I have a really bad sense of direction. And it shows you right. the approximate depth and, uh, you know, depth contours. Right. So that really helps. Right. So you usually, well, I did Navionics and it does. It works great. But I only took it to the first part. <laughs> I just need to see how deep it is. Right. You probably got all kinds of fascinating things the, on the there. The tracking part is the is the most important for me because it gives me the comfort and the confidence to go. You know, otherwise I'm all, it was the third tree from the okay. left that my car was at. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Okay. You mean in getting back to your car. Yeah. yeah finding the car and stuff like that. Yeah, there's right. been times that, you know, you paddle out in the lake and pretty right. soon you... the launch disappears in the distance. Yeah. And, you know, having having the Navionics track your path and having that line to be able to follow back, right. you know, gives me the comfort of knowing I know where home base is. Right. Yeah, because it can get, it's a lonely sport. You can get out I, there by I yourself. have done it by myself for years. And I, I not years, but the, the whopping, uh, let me see, my first tournament was 2018. Right. So the end of 2018. That and seems I, like years ago. It does seem like years ago. Say that. But 2019 and, and most of 2020, I did it by myself. And then uh, Bert wrangled me into camping with the Buckeye Kayak crew, and it's changed everything. So, boy, so you were doing tournaments. Um, I think I first met you at a Strictly Sail Buckeye Kayak Fishing Tournament, uh, and it was there at Strictly Sail. Yeah. I've been right? to, I went to one measure in before you know COVID shut shut everything down. Right. But I know I ran into you at a cove on Cowan once. We were right. comparing our love of crankbaits and how they weren't biting them. <laughs> we both had like no fish. <laughs> that sounds like a country song. Yeah, comparing our love of crankbaits right. in a cove in Cowan Lake with no know, fish. With no fish. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Cowan kind of died for me personally yeah. and my power crankbait fishing that I love to do there it just kind of died and I was like you I had to get serious about some finesse fishing mm -hmm. otherwise 
I'm just, I just, you know, I catch that one very predictable fish right. early in the morning. First one up on Tourney X. Woo! <laughs> and then dead. Yeah. You know, after that. Um, so. Do you look at the standings through the day? I try not to. Um, I, I, I guess I'm a lot like you in a way. I don't, I, I, um, well, I am a lot like you in a way where I, I love this sport so much that really the competition part has, has that's why I tell everybody on my Facebook lives where I'm fishing and catching right. fish. Cause I just, I just enjoy this part of it mm -hmm. so much sharing the stories and all of that. And, uh, I got caught up on in a little of that paying attention to it the first couple years and, and it was yeah, it was I quickly found myself going man I, I don't I just want to have fun and so the podcast really started taking over mm -hmm. for that when did you fish your first now. tournament 20, 2017 okay so you came into it just before I did yeah. it was, and then uh, did, did you fish other things before kayak fishing no man like did I, you grow up fishing no no I was crying in my beer here right here at this look this spot here this pond when I had given up after 40 years of my ultra marathon sports my running and cycling my body in 2015 said bufangula can't recover like you could anymore just mm -hmm. I, I don't want to go through the pain training was long and you know rough and mm -hmm. uh partners to train with are hard to find it's an isolated lonely sport which I enjoyed that part of it but and there's no money in it you if you do well you get a belt buckle or mm -hmm. a, a little trophy that you just throw someplace and I just wow why am I doing this if I could talk to my career counselor now my cross-country coach right now and go dude what you should have told me there's no money in cross-country yeah okay uh just do do some bass fishing so I was here pond side and a, and a young man by the name of Lane Bull, Lane Bull, RL Bull Construction, he was doing some work on the house here. And he just saw me out here, which is the weakest a, a spin casting combo I bought when I was 14 years old and I still had it, it was a feather light. Mm -hmm. So to set the hook on anything, even a panfish was difficult to do. It just had no bone to it at all. And he saw me up here struggling, came up, asked if I liked to fish. Long story short, invited me out on his bass boat. Aww. A couple, three, four weeks later, he needed a co-angler. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm bouncing big, heavy jigs off the back of his, you know, <laughs> 250 Yamaha. <laughs> like bullets, man. He's right. just turning around, kind of giving me the look. I You're like, everything's fine. It's all fine. Don't worry. <laughs> I stepped on a couple of his rods, but... You know, but we had fun. I fell in love with the sport. I became absolutely fascinated with the fact that it's more than just putting a worm on a hook mm -hmm. and watching a bobber go up and down. It, it, it made me recall how much I just absolutely loved watching Bill dance outdoors, even though I wasn't a fisherman or growing up as a kid. Um, there was even a year that I joined up the Bass Angler Sportsman Society and got my little patch in the mail mm -hmm. and little... You know, but I wasn't an angler at all. I mean, we would do some river fishing or some pond fishing, but it wasn't until uh, um, really bitching about it one day, how much bass boats cost. Because mm -hmm. she was she was going to let me pull the trigger on a bass boat. And I'm a tight wad. So I looked up. Um, you know, she, she had got mad at me. She goes, well, why don't you look up bicycle power kayak? 
I said, oh, okay. So I typed that in. And Kurt Smith's face was in there. It was, uh, yeah, it was Kurt Smith's face was in there. In some of the pictures, the Wilderness System 135 mm -hmm. kayak was in there. And you know Kurt from your bike days. Mountain bike racing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just immediately, wow. <laughs> it's a whole new world. The next day I owned one of those Wilderness System 135. Got that at RRT down in Old Town Milford. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just went from there. I, I loved it. I mean, in the, because it's a lot like our ultra marathon sports. You get like-minded individuals that drive across mm -hmm. counties and states sometimes to show up somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And you go out in the middle of the morning and everybody just kind of separates and they're all competing Mm -hmm. and they all come back with the stories to tell. So the crowd is very similar, you know, and uh, that's, it, it just made, it was an easy transition Maybe not for like me. in physique. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the average physique of a kayak angler is different from an ultra marathoner. Now you come from also a ski background. I do. Because you're a ski instructor. Yep, I teach at right? Perfect North. Yes. And, uh, and so, I mean, there's got to be some activities you can come up with to get some of these kayak anglers in a little bit better shape. Because it, nine hours in a kayak's no joke, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, well, at least with the with the links, I can stand <laughs> up. You know, in my little sit-in old town, you're sitting with your legs extended straight out for 18 hours oh, a day, oh. and there's no there's no relief. There's no way to to stretch out or, yeah. or you know change the position. So it is just such a luxury to me. And I, I think to myself, thank you, Brian, at Strictly Sail, every time I get to stand up. Oh, doesn't that feel good? Oh, it's so good. Can you walk up to the bow, back to the stern on that? Uh, I did it at the ramp when, uh, at, I think, Nemesilla, I let some of the guys take it out at the ramp. Yeah. And they dared me to stand on the tail and stand on the nose. And uh -oh. we were in about like six inches of water. I'm right. like, yeah, I'll try it. Right. So yeah, it was no problem. But I also, I windsurfed when I was younger. Okay. And the, the Lynx is right, very yeah, much sure. like a surfboard kind of base. Right, so yeah. it, it does help to be barefoot when you're standing. To me, I can at see least. That. Well, you have a, definitely a connection to that type of book. I couldn't just, it's a hard, okay. To me, it reminded me, to me, it reminded me mm -hmm. <laughs> of, of, uh, of standing on a floated, like a floating dock. Uh -huh, yeah. That's what that feels like to me, yeah. which is, once you get on a floating dock, you're like, okay, this ain't gonna go nowhere. You can get pretty comfortable right. on it. That's the stability the other thing mm -hmm. felt like to me. Does that feel like, is that correct? I think so, like yeah. That. I mean, I, I've been pushing it lately. I've been trying to stand up in, uh, you know, I've been trying to get video uh, that's dramatic of standing up in waves. And so I see a big boat weight coming and I stand up and I think, wow, that's going to be great. And then you look at the video and it's like nothing. You just kind of like, ride it. Yeah, like, yeah. And so, you know, and now I, I'm getting wow. comfortable enough that I, you can turn turn sideways. Yeah. Because obviously when you have one foot on either side of the center line, you're more stable. Right. So now I, I'm learning that it's just as easy to turn sideways and fish off this oh. side or turn the other Gosh. way and fish off that side. How many hours you got in that thing so far? Uh, I think I've done eight tournaments in it now. So you're in in a month and a, so in two and a half months. You're you 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 got it down. You're feeling right. I demoed it that. for the first time on June 9th, I think. Yeah. And uh, we've been inseparable ever since. 
thinking about changing my Facebook relation status to in a relationship with my Hobie Lynx. <laughs> Her yeah. name is Lynx. Yeah, no, well, no, with my Hobie Lynx. You know, I, ha I haven't named it. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I, I don't do that with boats. Oh, but... It kind of felt female to me. Did it? Maybe it was the the, the uh, papaya. That's a that's such a boy thing, though. You want your boat to be a girl. Well, I, I got a guy back there, though. Is your Kraken a boy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. that's the yak of the covenant. It's not man or female or yeah. male or female. It's the yak of the covenant. <laughs> it's a very spiritual thing in itself. But uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. You're right. Guys do do that. That's, look, it's my girl. It's my girl right here. Right? But no, that Lynx is the best relationship I've had for a while. Right. I mean, easy going. Oh, no complaints. I'm, I'm having so much fun with that boat. And right. at 45 pounds, the best part of it is at the end of the day, you're exhausted. Right. And loading that thing up on the top of my car is like no problem. Right. And it fits great up there, too. It looks oh, very yeah. low profile. Now, I did have to Let's take see. off the kayak cradles that I had for my old town. Okay. Um, Brian, yeah. Strictly Sale, wanted it just on the bars. Yeah, right. And so I bought uh, cool little Hobie pads. He gave yeah. me, like, pool noodles yeah. kind of cut in place. And those things were flying off on the highway <laughs> right and left. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> Like, I'm looking up, and I'm seeing the nose of the thing, like, go shaking like crazy. And I'm like, why is it moving? And I pull over, and I'm like, oh, the, the pads are gone again. And I can just picture, like, people behind me, like, what the heck's that flying at me? And then it's a pool noodle. Like, oh my gosh, it's going to hit my windshield. And then the pool noodle, like, goes smack. <laughs> so I lost two pool noodles. Oh and then God. just told Brian, I'm buying those cool yeah. little Hobie bar covers. Right. So now I have, like, I have little official Hobie bar covers. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, at, at least they're Velcroed on. Right. And we won't have any more pool noodle escapes. <laughs> Motorcycle rider just <laughs> right. wrapped around his neck. Yeah, that is the poo noodles. The pool noodles are right. uh, an issue. They, I have the same thing on the Suburban. But, yeah, great. You get to throw that thing right up on top of that. Got room for all your poles and everything in there. And yeah, yeah, that's just right in the car. Right. That's the setup right there. And, you know, you just show up, and you're just like that. Man, you are like, what was that movie with Paul Newman? Was it The Hustler? I don't know. With Paul Newman, where he's a pool table? Uh, oh, shark, yeah, I think and he Hustler shows up and he just kind of, you know, unsuspecting, yeah. you know, and ends up just taking cash, right? <laughs> rolling out of there. Yeah, cash. see, that, that's why I don't know that I, I'd be good with the rhinestones, is I'm, I'm much more the kind of person yeah. that just sort of wants to be in the background. <laughs> it was really hard for me to, to start talking to the camera for my YouTube channel, because mm -hmm. I've been a photographer for most of my life, right. and I want to be behind the camera. I want right. to take pictures. I want to take pictures right. of people. Uh, I was the photographer for the foosball tour for a long time. Okay. And my, my fun was at the end of the tournament, how many people changed their Facebook profile picture to my my photo. Right. So now I'm starting to get into that with fishing a little okay. bit. Like the, the people that I fish with just know that I'm going to be like the paparazzi. Yeah. They turn around, they're like, really? You're taking more <laughs> pictures? I'm like, we're just pre-fishing. Like, don't judge me. So, so it does make it a little bit more difficult. Well, it's a lot easier behind the camera. So much But it more. does... Uh, does make a little bit but you're i mean you have a natural you know you just have to let it go kind of get naked in front of the mirror they say in show business there's no getting naked you know right there's oh no. that was the old that was the old days of the <laughs> there is casting no getting couch. naked on my channel no now if you if my channel's girl gone fishing with no spaces if you put in girl gone fishing with spaces you do get the bikini fishing team that's not me oh, really there's yeah. actually one out there like yeah that? yeah that's that that's not me 
Oh, I guess it's a play. Is it a play on like Girls Gone Wild or I something guess. like that? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I'm the one you know, that's in the, the sunblock clothing from head to toe because <laughs> I'm I'm very Celtic and, and I don't identify as a redhead, but unfortunately, I have the skin of a redhead. <laughs> but do you have the soul of a redhead, Melissa? No, I don't. No. I'm I'm not fiery. <laughs> Uh, so what's your next big date? What uh, you got? You guys are you and Bert's rolling up to? Yep, next weekend uh, up to East Harbor for the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail, buttload of bass, worst tournament name ever. Right. And that one's the cool one because it's the it's the major league fishing format where it's as many twelve yes. inch bass as, or above as you can catch between six thirty a.m. and uh, 8.30 p.m. or is it 6 a.m.? Oh, that sounds anyway, so much fun. It's all day. You know, I've just totally, I don't even know where I'm going to go. You can come up to East Harbor and fish with us. Uh, Brad and, and some guy named Michael Murphy, they're going to be up there too. They've got a site and Bert and I have a site. So we're pro we, we might just sleep in our cars because <laughs> when that tournament ends at 8.30, we have right. to hit the road, get back to Cincinnati. He has to go on to Kentucky and then we're launching at like 5 30 right. the next morning for the cincinnati kayak fishing flowing rivers which we still don't know where we're gonna fish do you uh do you enjoy that part of it the traveling the no sleep? and the hustling <laughs> uh i mean i, I kind of get off on that kind of stuff yeah you know late at night find yourself like somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and you're oh, trying sure. to read like that kind of stuff yeah i did a little traveling when right. i was you know in in my uh late 20s early 30s sure. music festivals national parks Sleeping in rest areas, sleeping on the side of the road in Utah, just looking at the shooting stars, you know. You do. You've definitely got a renaissance feel about you, you know. There's just, there's, there's something really cool about at the end of the day where you don't have to turn around and go back, you can go on. Ooh, damn. Yeah. Can, will you say that again? When, when you, when you, yeah, day. at the end of the day, when, when you go to sleep, you can wake up knowing that the next day you don't have to turn around and go home. You go on further. That is deep. Yeah. That was, uh, when I, the first time I ever did that, actually, it was actually backpacking that turned me onto that. It was when the first time I did an extended day backpacking trip and you know, you don't have to pack up your camp and go home. You pack up your camp and go on to wow. the next campsite. And did, I was like, oh man, now this, this did is Did you come up with good. that yourself? Well, I mean, it was just a feeling that I had. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's like stuff that you see written down, you know? Yeah. That's kind of deep. I know mean, you got that stuff about you. I bet, man, you're gonna, I know Bert enjoys sitting around a campfire with you and just like picking your brain. Yeah, Bert's you know? awesome. I actually met Bert uh, at my very first tournament, which was the Cedar Creek, uh, it was the bluegrass kayak fishing. So I had kind of Facebook stalked kayak fishing for years, <laughs> trying to get the nerve to go to one, and I was right. just way too much of a chicken. But I really wanted to do it, I, I wanted to try it, but I just didn't have the, I didn't have the nerve, I didn't have the guts to do it. Right. And I finally picked one and I picked the bluegrass kayak fishing. Right. It was bred by a AJ, AJ was in charge of it. Went down to Cedar Creek, did the tournament. Right. And so I was so scared. I was so scared of the lake monster. I, you know, I was scared oh, of the deep man. water. I was and scared of the trees. it's dark in that part of Kentucky. And right? so I backed my kayak up onto the shore on this point, just so I could have a moment where I knew nothing was coming up from behind me. Yeah. And uh, I caught a 20 and a half inch bass and I tied for big bass of the tournament. So at the end of the tournament, you know, we're all gathered yeah. up at, at the Cedar Creek Outfitters yeah. and they're like, and you know, 
Melissa. And they're all, who? who? And they're all looking what? around. <laughs> it was, so, yeah, that's, that's apparently where I first met Bert. Don't yeah. tell him. I don't remember that. I, I was, I was in shock. I was traumatized by the whole thing. But uh, when I, when we went to the Strictly Sale uh, measuring, yeah. he was the only one that talked to me. Bro. I was hiding in the back, right. thinking, God, why am I here? Oh Please God. make me disappear. Yeah. And Bert spoke to me. That's Bert. Bert spoke to me. Yeah, this, this man with this cigar <laughs> comes up to me and starts saying, he says, hey, you know, good to see you again. I'm all, yeah, yeah. you too, buddy. <laughs> Bert is good for that. that his, yeah. That's truly his position. He's a great ambassador yeah. of this sport. Well, you know, and when you have a moment like that, and I felt like that in foosball, uh, some years in, someone said to me, you're not as snobby as I thought you were. And I was horrified. And why did you think I was snobby? And they said, well, you, you didn't talk to me. Well, huh. you didn't talk to me. Right. You know, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is, this is a, it, it was a revelation moment because someone has to do the first talking. Right. Someone has to be the person who's willing to overcome the, the nerves and the uncomfortableness to welcome the new person into the group. Right. It doesn't matter, you know, it's not like everyone was standing there being cliquish. No one was being off-putting in any way. It was just that I didn't know anyone. I didn't have anyone to talk to. And so I just hid in the back, you know, and he spoke to me, which made all the difference. You know, I might not have kept going That's if true. not for that moment. And That's so I really try to keep that in mind. And I probably, <laughs> the downside is, is that I introduce myself to people that I've introduced myself to two or three times. <laughs> I'm like, hi, I'm Melissa. They're like, we've met yeah, like I, five times. I know Melissa. We shared a campsite together <laughs> up in East West Harbor. If you don't remember. Right? But, you know, if I could send one message to anyone, turn around and introduce yourself to someone. Welcome someone into the group because you might be nervous. You might be intimidated, but so are they. Right. That's, you know. a, that's good info for all the uh, Strictly Sale pro staff teams. Oh, for everyone. You know, anyway, and, and, and this, you know, kind of thing. Because, wow, the ranks are growing. Yeah. I mean, there are so many people out there that are getting into this sport. So you have, I think, dipped your toe into it at a very good time. Yeah. The sport's ready for you right now. I wish I had started earlier. I wish I had started in 2016 when I started following them on Facebook. Right. You know? Because, I mean, I didn't fish when I was little. I learned to fish in my late 30s. All right. So I, I feel like I'm playing catch-up. I mean, you probably understand you didn't if you didn't fish a lot growing up. Yeah. Well, you know, that does get you – I mean, your drive is there. A lot of yeah. times we take in consideration that we know how to fish because we've been doing it our whole life. Or we take – not in consideration. What's the word I'm looking at? Take uh, – you know what I think. <laughs> you know. But, you know, now that we're a little older, you know, plus we're – I think smarter about it too. You think? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to a time when I have the experience to add into my guesswork. You know, it's right. it, it's a it's a totally different thing to to have been there before, and that's what I'm feeling right now. Like I'm I'm comfortable at Cowan because that's where I thought was the greatest lake forever. You know, just starting to fish. I fish Cowan every chance. Right. You know, and now East Harbor, I wish it wasn't four hours away, but I feel comfortable there and I understand the patterns. Right. You know, so. That's like really the most important is uh, I think a lot of the success that comes from these kayak anglers that are out there, um, th that they uh, get that experience. Mm -hmm. you know? But I mean, you talk to like the, the Kurt Smiths and the Sean Skidmores, they have done these tournaments on these lakes. They've been there. They've done tournaments on similar lakes. They understand, 
these weather conditions, this time of year, this kind of structure, you know, is what you're looking for. And, and I have no idea. I mean, you know, I, I've had a couple people that have helped me a little bit along the way, but I, I bought KVD's book and taught myself how to fish. Nice. So I'm missing, like I'm missing that. so much. I'm missing chunks. I'm missing the angler etiquette. Uh -oh. Like, I don't know how, how close I'm allowed to get to someone. And I, I don't know, you know, you, you hear about people racing to spots and then you have to give that spot to someone. I, I don't know. I, I just hope that if I screw up, someone tells me, you know, don't just go back and bitch about me to your buddies. <laughs> you know, just tell me because I don't know. I didn't, you know, I, I don't have that experience, you know, before 2019 pretty much. And then 2020 with, with COVID, yeah, you know, I, really yeah, anyway. I, I didn't have work. So I didn't take unemployment. I was, I was on it five hours a week and I was going crazy. And I just went out in my kayak 18 hours a day. And I said, I'm at bass fishing boot camp. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that every was, day. COVID was six, good for all Six of days a week. I went out all day and I, I just sort of taught myself how to, how to do it. And I feel like that made a big difference. We got a few seconds left here. Yeah. We're going to do a break. Okay. We'll come right back. We're not going to need to stop my little. What you drinking there? What is that? Oh, that Enchanted is Enchanted Island. Humble Forager. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm having a blue moon. All right. Do you got any local beers you like? Uh, mm, I mean, any beer is okay. But recently I've been into exploring like the smoothie sour style. Oh! That aren't too sour. Smoothie? Yeah. That just totally throws a wrong texture in my mouth. They taste like fruit smoothies, so it's sort of like healthy. Oh, okay. So it's 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 not a smoothie-like texture. It's a, it's a beer. Some of them have a little bit of a smoothie texture. Oh, really? Yeah. Where do you get these at? Uh, at Jungle Gyms. Okay. Yeah. They got a fine selection of beers over there, don't they? They do, yeah. If you were sponsored by Jungle Gyms, would you dig that? No. No? No. You don't think you'd like that? No. If you could be sponsored by anybody, who would it be? Strictly Sale is all I need right now. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> big shout out to Strictly Sale. We both owe them a, a big, big shout yeah, out and a do. big thank you. By golly, that's for sure. Strictly Sale, located up in Blue Ash, Ohio, on Ken Wood Road. They've been there since 1978. 1978, I was just, man, I was partying my ass off. ACDC, Van Halen, Zeppelin. You could go to The Who for $19 a ticket. Nice. Right? That was the, I mean, the late 70s was. And there was a, you know, some nerdy chap by the name of Steve Tacey. Was into sailing. You know, and had big dreams. Started a business there. Original location. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. At a nibble. Right. But big shout out to those guys. Um, Lisa and Carrie. I met Lisa and Carrie out at Stone Lake Lake, out at King, the King Ramp there at Stone Lake Lake. And they just got their kayaks and they were having fun. Uh, both of them drove there separately and were, I was quite impressed how they were loading their kayaks. Are these people I know? No. Oh. I don't know. Oh, you may. Know. It's a small world. But uh, I think uh, Carrie and Lisa are going to be diving in a little bit deeper, deeper into the kayak. But they were really, and I, in fact, I told both of them to check out your video on the Mirage 
links because uh, Carrie, uh -huh. or Lisa actually made a little carrier to help her load her kayak because by herself, she wanted to make sure she could do it by herself onto her higher SUV, uh -huh. a little bit higher up there. Right, so she had to actually manhandle this thing up underneath it and stuff. Right. And uh, it wasn't the lightest kayak. I won't name who it was. Yeah. Right, but when I mentioned the Mirage Links to her, you could just see her gears turning. Oh, they're, like, they're really, you know, and, and I don't want to ever emphasize it as a, a kayak for women, you know, because they're, you know, it's definitely not, you know, it's not a female kind of kayak. But... For, for a woman who wants to fish alone and who car tops, having a 45-pound kayak that has all the bells and whistles of a pedal drive and the stability and the agility, you know, of one of these bigger kayaks, it's just, it, it's game changer. Yeah. Big time. And I think, that, yeah, you're going to see a lot more of them. And yeah. fall into the ranks of even the more professional crowds. Well, you have them <clears throat> message me if they want to take it out for a demo. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll set up a time. I've never been to Stone Lick, right. so it would be cool. I'll, I'll meet them up at Stone Lick, and yes. they can they can try it out if they want. Well, there's your personal invitation, Carrie and Lisa. Absolutely, anytime. You, know? you just let me know. Right, uh, but they were familiar with uh, Strictly Sail. Uh, I think Carrie had mentioned something about that she had done some sailing there. So, uh, check out Strictly Sail and Kayak again up in Blue Ash, Ohio, Kenwood Road. Been there since 1978. What were you doing then? Um, any other shout outs you got? Um, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a cat on, on the box. I got a box of goodies. Right? I got a box from uh, from Spike It. I'm so excited to open up. You want to do that? Yeah. Right now? So you went down to iCast and you made some new friends. I did. Yeah? I did. I, it was amazing. Was that your first iCast? My second. Second, okay. So, uh, the second one, the first one was 2019. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you very much, American Tackle, uh, based out of Florida, uh, creators of the American Tackle Microwave Guide, just a multi award winning uh, component company uh, for all of your rod manufacturing. I had no idea what a rod should do mm -hmm. or what it could do. And American Tackle has. Just, I've so been they don't, an eye opener. they don't make rods. They make parts for people that yeah. make rods. No, they will custom make rods oh, okay. uh, for people as well. Uh, one or as many as uh, as many as you can think of. You know, mm -hmm. as many as you want. Uh, but their main um, base is component parts. Oh, uh, cool. So if you're a rod builder, you know most likely you know about American Tackle. And how'd you get hooked up with that? I was. There was a uh, there was an app that my uh, my buddy who took me out on his boat. There was an app that he said, "Hey man, if you want to get some sponsors, all you have to do is download this app and you apply twenty five bucks for a fee, you know, and mm -hmm. you just kind of throw yourself out there." And I said, "Oh, okay. Well, that sounds fun." Well, I had at that time a field and stream 14 foot sit-in kayak which mm -hmm. was really my first kayak but i had no idea about kayak bass fishing at that time i just enjoy i got it for here basically right so i really had no idea what i was doing i caught a few nice fish i took a, a lot of pictures because that the social media part of it was easy 
right. for me. And so I applied. American Tackle was, it's almost like triple A, you know, uh, driving school. Mm -hmm. It's the, the first, first thing. Yeah. So I saw American Tackle. So I looked into it and I said, oh, I like the red, white, and blue colors. Mm -hmm. I'm into American. Yeah. Right. You know, let's rock and roll this. So I just, boom, just as fast as that, I sent my app off. And it was probably a week later, I got a call back from Austin Todd, actually a, a personal call. And I kind of blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, this is fun. So they sent me this wonderful package that I did not deserve. Yeah. <laughs> and I was wondering, okay, what is going on here? What I didn't recognize is that social media has so much to do with what's happening right now in the competitive game of products mm -hmm. for fishing. It's not just about the avenue. If you, want, if you want to do well in this industry, you don't have to be a champion angler. You mm -hmm. don't have to be holding MLF tournament trophies above your head. You could be someone that just enjoys talking about it, taking pictures, sharing information, and, uh, and you're really good at the social media part of it. I feel comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm getting better at it, kind of honing in on some stuff, yeah. you know. Um, but but as, I, as I would call it, is it a bike messenger? Mm -hmm. 11 years of being a bike messenger, we called it sneaking in the back door, mm -hmm. right? You, you don't want to, you don't know. You're not gonna go through the front like everybody else because you ain't got time. Mm -hmm. Let's get through the, find the way through the back door. Right. How can we get in the back door of this place, get up there, get the autograph and get out? Yeah. <laughs> right, we, got, uh -huh. we don't have time. So in that kind of approach, I was like, well, how do we get into the back door? Well, the back door is social media, take pictures, enjoy it, write things, blog, you know, because that's an, that's a, an absolutely priceless advertisement for these companies mm -hmm. is having that and it's really the only way that some of these new upstart companies can even compete with right. the dollars of and when they find someone like with your enthusiasm and you know you you clearly really like being out there and you really like the products you know and you really like using them to try to catch fish yeah. although i don't get the whole limb line thing right Oh my gosh. Art Preller Jr. <laughs> you got this guy. Him and his wife, Mitzi. Long story short, I'm walking down at my first iCast and I'm blown away at the the amount of things that are out there. Oh, I bet. I'm blown away. And it was even bigger than this year. It was three it was two thirds larger than it was this year because all the international companies were able to come there. So I was blown away. Well, off, way off in the corner, back by closer where you get to where you can buy hot dogs and beef jerky and uh -huh. things like that. And I hear the so deepest- the good corner. The great corner, yeah. <laughs> really the one that you need to pay attention to uh -huh. because there's some really cool things that are back there. And I hear this most fascinating gravelly voice there's no way that I can get that voice as deep as what I heard. <laughs> but it just made such a great sound bite in my head. Like, I got I to gotta follow this voice. Uh -huh. It was like Art Preller Jr. talking to me. Yeah. And so I turned the corner, and he had just the most humble, simplest device called the Port Arthur Instant Limb Line. 
I knew nothing about limbline fishing here in southwestern Ohio. We catfish, but we do it with rod and reel. Mm -hmm. um, we don't do it limblining. Right. We're not that. We like to think that north of the Mason-Dixon line, we're a little bit more civilized, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But down in Port Arthur, Arkansas, it's literally like the redneck capital of the world. I run into a lot of boats out there limblining. Checking their limb lines, yeah. tying them up and yeah. stuff like that. Right. I've had boats come in and say, you know, you mind if we go to these trees? Are we bothering you? Right. And I'm like, no, you're not bothering me. Oh, maybe it's picking up a little bit. Yeah, in the last couple of years. I mean, I, I didn't wait fish. Wait I didn't fish before that, so I don't know. But wait till the limb line comes out at Bass Pro Shop in the two and five pack. Yeah. Everybody's gonna have limb lines. You're gonna see limb lines. Every, they're gonna be like dang. So are you having like catfish for dinner then? I need to start. I always throw them back. So I, now I need to just start showing big bags of fillets. Right. Do you like catfish? No, I don't. I don't eat fish. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any seafood. Right. Yeah. Is it just you just don't like it, or you don't like killing? You. I mean, I bet you don't like killing animals, do you? I mean, no, I don't personally. But it would make me a hypocrite because I love a good bacon cheeseburger. Right. But I don't. I don't enjoy seafood. Right. I don't enjoy the texture, the smell, the taste. Right. Okay. Uh, and catfish can be. Yeah. Kind I, of... I just torture them for my pleasure and then put them back. <laughs> so I'm not judging. Trust me. Someone pointed out that what I do is actually worse. You know, although the fish, the fish would probably not think it's worse because right. they do get to go back. Right. They do. Yeah. But just torturing the fish for my enjoyment, it, it's no better. I'm, I'm, I'm not judging anything. But no, I don't. I don't enjoy. Seafood. Food. Yeah, well, catfish. I, I need to start doing that, but flaying those things up. Because what's your I, girl gonna say when you come back and start chopping up catfish? Uh, she probably shake her head until <laughs> until I dip, you know, put those things in Crisco Bay and pull out the precious tartar sauce. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh, that sounds. Now so I've learned right from the like... Buckeye Kayak camping crew that <clears throat> it, it, it's all in the breading. Well, do those the. Did you taste any of that fish that Michael Grimsley put out? Uh, I don't think I did. Him and Smiling I, I taste, Chris Anderson? No, I tasted uh, Wyker's walleye, and he had like a kind of a spicy breading. Right. Yeah. That, was, that wasn't Oh that my wasn't gosh, terrible. that's so good. See, we'll have to do something with the catfish and figure it out. But if you want to survive, if you want to actually survive, okay, this is serious. All joking aside, if you are that person who thinks that tomorrow the apocalypse is going to happen, Folks, 90% of you are going to die within the first week, okay? And the reason you're going to die is that you're not going to have the will to go on to the second and third week, which is going to be your most difficult. That's what you're going to start going out. You're going to start either getting hunted down for your food or you're going to have to start killing some people for your food. Or you're going to have to start getting out there and you're going to have to start really getting the food yourself, okay? Which means harvesting the food yourself okay because the looting's going to be done kroger's isn't going to be able to help you out anymore what are you going to do folks if you don't have a port arthur instant limb line or two in your bug out bag you're going to die that's all i got to say about that check them out port arthur instant limb lines you know you can't get no more redneck than that soon to be in a two and five packet bass pro shop near you I mean, I guess that's one of the other advantages of this kayak fishing trail is that I'm meeting people who might help me survive a zombie apocalypse.
Oh, yeah, there's definitely that crew. Yeah, because you know. I'm probably one of those ones that would just die right away. I mean, you got to be out of fish. The fishing's going to be your be our best access mm -hmm. to survival. I mean, I'm pretty stubborn and adaptable, but I don't know how to, like, I'll catch the fish. You kill it. And no, it. hell no. If you're starving, you're going to just bite that thing, <laughs> right? So you know what you'd be good at is that show alone. On no. the History Channel. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you would. No. And just for the reason of your, your even, because you're saying, no, I wouldn't, it would be great to have you in front of video doing that show. Have you ever thought about something like that? No. If it was, if, if there was an invite for you to be dropped off in the middle of the Canadian forest next to a lake, before it gets really cold, like, about a week and a half to get you or like a month and a half to get you settled i'd have to research it i know well you <laughs> you'd be good at that you'd be good i don't know be I don't careful think, what I don't, I don't think i'm that tough i don't think i'm that much of a badass. oh hell i know you are be careful what i wish for you right okay um i got another i want a big shout out you had mentioned icast yeah right i'm not holding a knife in my hand because i'm going to attack you by the pond yeah, side it's kind of like a, a bread knife yeah i, I know and it, with this bread knife. no it's only things inside folks i met the most wonderful people from the company spike it and lure works and um to be honest with you all i thought that spike it made out there was a chartreuse dip in glow, which I use and I love it. Mm -hmm. ah, your hands just smell like you've just been playing with breadsticks. Uh -huh. You know, I just love oh, the like smell. A it's a garlic. Yeah. I refer to it as gnarlic. Okay. Because it is gnar it's gnarly and it boy it works, okay? I'd even drip some of that stuff in the water, like chum like I was uh You're chumming you know, the water with like it? I'm chumming the water with it. Right? Um I turn the corner and I see nothing that looks like a normal lure company or a fishing industry company. It looked more like an art supplier. And it just said, spike it. And I was, I was blown away. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure they saw that on my face. But my eyes were like, wow. I saw your pictures with all the kids lined up. Oh, my God. The, the different dogs. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. Okay? So, immediately, I'm going, oh, my God. I had no idea. You guys made all this. I'm asking all these questions. Katie. Big shout out to Katie. Katie was there to help me hold my hand as I just was freaking out about all of these <laughs> products. And um, a Lee Butts was over there demonstrating to these kids literally taking blank swim baits and with the markers that spike it has developed you can just literally draw your swim baits exactly like the swim baits you would have in the water you're fishing oh, so cool. you know how often we're we're kayaking around and all of a sudden you look down and there's kind of one that's maybe half dead or just floating uh -huh. so you have that opportunity to look at it and see exactly what the hatch is looking like right. the color all of that, you can take these spike and uh, spike it uh, uh, markers, mm -hmm. lure markers, and draw your swim bait to look exactly like that. Huh. I would do it in a pre-fishing, go home the night before, you go out and do like a dozen of them, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So, I'm freaking out. And now, uh, are the markers scented too? Uh, yes, they do have. They have a 
bunch of different product, but yes, they do have scented markers. Because like that well. would save the kitchen linoleum. Um, my kitchen linoleum has a big giant chartreuse garlic dye stain yeah. on it yeah. from when you open the, uh, the bottle of, a, of another garlic scented chartreuse dye. Yes. I mean, it says contents under pressure. Be careful when opening. Yes. You're not kidding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so I will a, say a marker would be much better right. for people like me who are klutzy and trying to balance it on your knee. Right. Yeah, that yeah. would be a good idea. Then you could just color the tail of yep. the of the like swim bait or your trailer. Yeah. Your worm. Makes it a heck of a lot more convenient. They right. do have a neutralizer too. So yeah. if you do spill it, yeah. you have that neutralizer. Can I borrow that for my kitchen yes. linoleum? <laughs> Might be too late. Yeah. <laughs> Might yeah. be too late. But uh I am I am really well, this is the first time. I'm so happy to and, and just I'm excited I know to you're, announce you're, you're excited that, to draw uh, out the suspense come I on know. open the box to uh we have collaborated and spike it has joined up with John Graves kayak fishing and allowed me to join up with them and uh we are just going to start testing product and having fun and they have sent the first box I'm glad you're here with me Melissa let's see what's here inside here Oh my gosh, speaking of markers, look at this. And it smells, smell it. Can you smell all that? Oh my God. Oh my God. Look at all of this. All of these markers. Let's look at the markers. What do we got? Just a massive bag of the Spike It Dip and Glow markers. Let's see your, uh, let's see your lure. You gotta reel it in. I'm videoing you. Oh. This is the Spike It Dip and Glow in the Stinkum. Isn't that great? Spiking your water since 1993. Nice. What were you doing in 1993? Uh, I was in college. This is the original scented lure dye right here. This is the, oh my gosh, that, they'll just be, can you smell that smell of vision? Oh yeah. That's just touch that on the end of your nose. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. So you can use this as so you could draw that up. It's got that chartreuse color on it, so you can just add that. You can keep that in your little go-to box down in the junk drawer. That's pretty and handy. I think this is exactly what you were talking about right yeah. here. And it comes in all kinds of different flavors that you will savor. I am so excited. So there's a whole bunch of uh of those. Oh, here we go. Braided line markers. Okay, so you got braided line. You know how much fun it is to watch our line? Yeah. Right? With the braided line, you can do that. You can brighten that up a little bit. You can watch that. You can run it across the reel so you have different marks on your line that has the braided markers on it. So you can watch that bite, that sensitive bite a little bit more. Or it also has a, uh, like a, 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 a glow, um, like a black light glow type of thing. What's the official word I'm looking for? Black light. Uh, black light. Yeah, that's, that's cool. so seventies. <laughs> you know, it's got. I get it. So you, when you put the black light out there, it yeah. reflects, right? So it also has that. So at night, if you're a cat fisherman, man, and you're fishing for, and you can use a UV. So it's got the UV notch tip for easy applications. I love it. Different colors. Look at that. Yes. Very what different cool. colors we got. We got brown right there, brown, black, uh, chartreuse. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. 
UV glow. That's the one I was talking about. The UV glow with your black light. Oh, yeah, for night fishing, right? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my Lord. Shall we continue? Boy, John, how'd you lose your fingers? Bread knife accident. Bread knife, man. That was, was yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to fish since. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my gosh. You know what? This is awesome. Oh, so how many times are you out there and you have uh, that little spinner blade, you know? Yep. And sometimes that little chrome spinner blade's not working for us. You know, you can dip it, change it into a chartreuse or like a, a real fire red color. <gasps> Look at this. Electra chrome blade dip. So this turns it into like a chrome. Okay. Give you a real shiny chrome. Maybe you need a, a blade that just is a little dull and you just need to freshen this thing up. You know how often you get those blades that just don't weather like everything else and it's got some rust on it and stuff like that. Boom, but baby, right there. Oh my gosh. That'd be good, my chatterbait blades. Yes. Up. <gasps> Look at that, there it is in the chartreuse. Oh, I can't wait to do this. I'm going to do this with a live Facebook here real soon. Look at this right there. It's a, uh, like a uh, fire red, I think is what that is. That's going to be fun. So the blade dips, unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Roll the cameras. Okay, where are we at? Next. Thank you so much, Katie. And my mind is just blown away right now, man. I don't even, I'm so humbled to have this opportunity. This is fun. I would rather do this um, than, than win tournaments. You know what I mean? I mean, I think winning a tournament would be absolutely fascinating but you know this is like this is a lot of fun to be able to just to kind of dive into the 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 the, the other part of fit the fishing industry and to see learn about products and to see where they come from and you know and to really kind of understand how hard manufacturers have to fight each and every day to get their products out onto the shelves you know i i don't know why i find that fascinating but I do. Luma Pearl. Oh my God. <laughs> Luma Pearl. Doesn't that sound like, it sounds like a pretty name to a kayak. What oh, is it? I call her Luma Pearl. <laughs> right there. This is a spray. Okay, so it's a scented pearlescent spray uh, that you can put absolutely on anything. Literally any bait. Uh, plastic or a hard crankbait, shallow crankbait. Just add, you know, some of that pearl essence. Adds a little bit of fire, a little bit more something that you need, especially in the southwestern Ohio muddy waters that we have, you know, to fish from. If we're lucky, I mean, literally, if we're lucky, we have a foot of clarity. If we're lucky. Around here, most often, it's about six inches. So, just throwing on that. No runs, no spills, ozone safe. That comes in a lot of different colors and flavors. Here we go. Okay. Have you caught a fish yet? 
Jeez, now you might have a 10 pounder on that thing. Okay, so how many times have you tossed out a plastic bait and you get a couple bites on it and it's already ruined? It's already chewed up. Something's, they gnawed off the end of it. It's barely hanging on the hook. It's got a big crack in it or a rip in it. Spike It has a product called Fix Allure. Okay, we're getting serious now. Because now you don't have to just like one time use those somewhat expensive uh, plastic baits that we have. We're not tossing them down at the bottom of a kayak. You can take this Fix Allure and it's like a glue for the plastics that we use and uh, you just basically repair them. And it hold, you give it just a few minutes and boom, you can use that lure all over again. I'm excited about this because I burned through, especially Guggen baits, Guggen baits, uh, Strike King uh, creature baits, um, and a lot of your finesse baits, boom, just get eaten up. A lot of your salamanders, like if you use any type of like salamanders, you know how the heads always get tore up if you got them on the worm hooks or something like that. This will mend up the end of the uh, bait so you can you know keep it on the worm hook a little bit i can't wait to see your demo video on that i'm excited about fix allure oh my <laughs> gosh i am blown away there's one more box melissa you can check out all these products at www.isspikeit.com i think it's like taking art to the water mm -hmm. if the fish don't like it spike it i can't wait to see what you create with it bags of cash <laughs> just bags of cash you know well if you can fix your soft plastics that really is kind of like making bags of cash you're right because i i mean you burn through a lot don't you oh yeah i mean we all do yeah and you know something else fascinating that uh spike it does their sister company lure works um they have uh, an amazing amount of molds to make your soft plastics they got all of the plastic you need to make the molds they have all of the uh dyes they have all of the flake like uh watermelon seed and gold flake and all that copper flakes to put inside your soft plastics okay now here's where we're getting just serious Okay, this right here, I thought was the only thing that Spike it made. And you find this at Walmart. It's usually in a, just a little, it's usually by the catfish. And it's just a really stinky garlic. It's a dip and glow chartreuse dye. You just simply put your salt plastics in there. That's what it did, and it caught fish, right? When I turned the corner and I saw all of these items, my mind was blown. Here's the same thing. It's in the garlic, but it's in a fire red. I think that's what they call that. Yep, fire red. I can't I've never used fire red. No, me either. Do you know, right now, up until right now, this is the only product I've ever used from Spike It. You know how much fun we are gonna have. I have a whole box of fun. Oh my gosh. A whole box of fun. Look at this. So folks, check them out. 
Look at all these fabulous products. www.isspikeit.com. Go to John Graves Kayak Fishing or on Facebook, John Graves. Is it John Graves Kayak Fishing or just John Graves on Facebook? Uh, John Marion Graves. Oh, John Marion Graves on Facebook. He is really good at Facebook Live videos. I do have fun on Facebook Live. He'll videos. take you along with his kayak experiences. Good yeah. and bad. Good and bad. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a fun. This is the kind of stuff that we need for southwestern Ohio water. So look out now, guys. It's going to be fun. Um, Melissa, thanks so much for coming out to uh, um, the Rock and Star Ranch and hanging with us. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me. I, uh, we, you have to do it again. Definitely. Right? With right? more fish caught. Right. Well, let me see that right there. How's Can't it, believe I missed the only fish that nibbled. Okay, so it's in pretty good shape. What kind of a... Uh, Oh, see, see where that's at right there. See yeah. how that's split up, right there. You could put some of that lure fix right on there. Oh. Where'd the lure fix go? Let's put a little bit of that on there. Get it right home. Where is the lure fix? Da, 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 da. Oh, here it is over here. So, I think this would be appropriate for you, the Annie Oakley. <laughs> of uh, kayak bass fishing. I think uh, the fire red in the crawlick is yeah. good for you. I don't know. Take it. I don't think I want red. I don't... Uh... Chartreuse? No. Chartreuse? No, thank you though. Are you not going to have anything? Um, I already have some of that, uh, JJ's Magic Garlic Dipping Dye. Oh, okay. We'll yeah. But I, I, will look into getting one of their pens. Because I think the, I think the pen would be good for... Okay, go here. Well, I don't want to take one of your pens. Look how many pens they sent me. Oh, okay. This is what it's all about. Right? There's... Okay, so a chartreuse or yeah, fire let's see, red? Let's see. Uh, don't you think chartreuse? Yeah. Let's see how it does. You can see this was already dipped many months, many weeks ago. We'll put the um, we'll put some lure fix on that too. See how that goes. Cat's like, ooh, the box is hey, open. Now. Okay, a little chartreuse pin we're popping here, this thing we're here out. With John Graves' cat. This is the lure marker here. Oh yeah, that covers it up pretty good. Oh look at that. Oh, it is dying it. Oh boy, you can smell that too. Oh, I like wow. That's a lot. Very easy to use, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That would be really easier than having that jar that you can dump everywhere. Yeah. Thank you for being a guest on John Graves Kayak Fishing. <laughs> Look at that. Kayak podcast comes with swag. You do. You get swag here. Right? Plus, we're going to lure fix this thing. Oh, thank you for the Spike It Dip and Glow Garlic, which actually crush. did turn the tail of this... Senko garlicky and chartreusey. Okay, now we're just gonna <laughs> pin this guy up right here. So this is just a glue. And just get this. Am I up in there? Let me see here, man. There. Okay, let me let me get up in it. There we go. Oh man, you can already feel this stuff. Really, let that you know, let that sit there. By the time you get home, that should be ready to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs>
this is going to be fun here. Figs Allure. I can't wait. But, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you. American Tackle, Yak Gadget, um, Strictly Sale, and uh, Melissa Keg. thank you so much for being a guest here on John Graves Kayak Fishing. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks for having me. My first, uh, my first media request. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Now they it's only say, the start, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's, I think you've just only just begun, Melissa, whether you like it or not. You've uh, only so just fun, begun. So much fun left to come. Right. Um, let's get this out one last time. Your video. How can people, what's your YouTube channel? Girl Gone Fishing, all one word. All right. There you go. Simple enough. Girl Gone Fishing. Yep. Or Melissa Keg on Facebook. You heard it. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to John Graves Kayak Fishing. Ashley. Did you just crush that bottle of wine <laughs> or what? <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Let me get it out of here and we will. Come on. Where are we at? Isn't this a shame? See, we're working on my phone. See what I'm saying? There we go. There it is, 35 minutes. Not bad. You're fun to talk to, Melissa. <laughs> Gosh, I hope you guys have a good time up in East West Harbor. Okay. Oh, how can Everybody. you not? I know. You're with Bert. Right. right? Well, so it's so big long. Fish, <laughs> big fish and Bert. <laughs> so long, everybody.